Recording is on. Yo, yo, yo. Welcome to another edition of the Geeky Bros Podcast. I'm your boy, Tactics. It's your boy, Darcy here. And this is Big Geek Umar. How are y'all doing? I'm, I'm good. Yeah, Unless you're you know. talking to the audience, then. I- I'm talking to the audience and you guys. Okay, cool, cool. Well, yeah, then I'm, I'm good. Yeah, I, I'm Thanks waiting for asking. For the, yeah, yeah. I'm just waiting to hear the audience respond to you, Umar. <laughs> the comment section is available. 100%. All right. So, All right, uh, Darcy, what, or sorry, Umar, <laughs> what's on the agenda for today? I'm off my day today, man. My bad. <laughs> this, this lack of recording, like, fucked me up, man. <laughs> well... Umar here. <laughs> well, on today's agenda, we are going to be discussing uh, something that's new that's been uh, in the news a little bit. Well, I should say the geeky news. Uh, it has to do with the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. We're going back to that <clears throat> old uh, topic. And specifically on the upcoming comic uh, called Ronin, which uh, depicts a singular turtle, apparently a survivor, and having the weapons of his brothers with him. So we don't know which of the brothers survived and we don't know what happened, but we just know that this Ronin story is going to be coming out. So I thought we could talk about that. And we also have to talk about uh, Gian- Gianco- Giancarlo Esposito and his desires to join the MCU. I, I definitely messed up his name and <laughs> I apologize. Esposito. <laughs> I was like, oh, none of that was right. <laughs> you, you know, the funny thing was, is like, I, I was reading his name because I'd never actually read his name before. And um, I was like, yeah, I'm like, wonder how to pronounce it. Oh, Umar would know how to pronounce that. And then he just butchered it. And I was like, Umar does not know how to pronounce that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. It, I love how you also said, like, you know, what's in the news. And I'm like, you know, like that's TMNT is not the biggest thing in the news right now. <laughs> There's so yes. much happening. Honestly, I, I want to focus on that in the news. No, I know. I'm with you. I don't want to talk about this stuff. It just is like, yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> the news, TMNT. So uh, going right into it, um, my question uh, is who for, for both of you, and also I will reveal it, my, my own answer, but who do you think, who do you want, sorry, who do you want the singular turtle to be? And why? Mm. Who's gonna go first? I'd say tactics goes first. Ooh. Cool. <clears throat> okay. So I want it to be Raph. I know that's the easy answer, but mm. um, how I foresee, <clears throat> excuse me, how I foresaw this playing out, and I could be way off base, but um, I don't necessarily want the villain to be Shredder. I do think that the okay. villain should be linked to Shredder in some way. Um, how that plays off, I don't really know, um, <clears throat> but some kind of a, some kind of affiliation with Shredder in some capacity, <clears throat> who befriends Raphael and <clears throat> becomes really close with him, almost to the point where so he's also this this villain slash friend of Raph is going to be a uh, a martial artist <clears throat> whose ways are kind of um unorthodox so it's not he's not he kind of does things like against the grain and basically raf is really gravitating to this guy because he's he kind of breaks the rules a little bit and it, it's kind of enticing to raf and <clears throat> little did it, does he know that this villain is actually trying to use raf to infiltrate their lair and get closer to the turtles so that way he can seek revenge on the turtles and on splinter as a way to get back for what they did to Shredder, assuming let's just say that Shredder is like no longer in the picture because he's dead or whatever. And so <clears throat> he ends up doing that and the Foot Clan or whoever else, they fucking raid the turtles and kill kill everyone except for Raphael, of course. And Raph feels terrible because he let this guy, he let this guy in, he trusted this guy. And during the time, like even before the turtles were, were killed off, <clears throat> Leonardo and the rest of the turtles were like warning Raph, like, yo, I don't, I don't know about this guy. You know, we shouldn't be just like getting so close to him without actually really knowing who, where his backstory is and who he is. Raph is just like, yo, fuck you, motherfucker. You don't control me and shit. And then Splinter, <laughs> Splinter is trying to like, um, you know, get through to Raph and like Raph kind of like, he, you know, being the hot headed person that he is, he kind of disrespects Splinter. He's just like, yo, man, like, you don't know shit. 
You know, oh, you're shit. just like, you know, like he's like, he just goes there, right? And like fucking just le- ends up leaving because he does, he's like no longer, he no longer abides by Splinter's rules and like the, his methods and the way he teaches. And like, he's not all into this Zen shit. And he, I, I think he has a little bit of remorse or not remorse. He has a little bit of resentment towards uh, Splinter for making Leonardo the leader instead of him, right? Mm-hmm. And so anyway, fast forward to the raid. They end up slaughtering the turtles and Splinter. Raph comes back and then he finds out that, you know, his friend, who's actually not his friend, is a villain, uh, slaughtered his family. This sends Raph on a rampage. And now he's like, he goes off, he goes ballistic. And he goes down this path of like darkness where like he lets his anger kind of consume him. And he plays this vigilant character where he's just going and he's like, he's like, like it goes back to like the actual comic, the authentic yeah. comics where they're actually slaughtering motherfuckers. And um, <clears throat> it gets to the point where like Casey Jones, for example, is trying to get through to Raph because he's like this close, like his second closest friend yeah. or his first closest friend, I guess. But um, <clears throat> Casey struggles to kind of get through to Raph. And then um, as a result, Casey ends up dying. Um, and this brings even more tur- turmoil to Raph because now he feels he feel not only feels responsible for the death of his family, but now he's because of how who he he's become, he's now lost another friend, and um, it gets to the point where at near the end, uh, the villain and Raph they end up having a face off, and Raph is about to <clears throat> dur- sorry even before the face off, like Raph is in this kind of like he's in this kind of situation where he's trying to channel his inner Zen and like similar to the movie, how like they, uh, they were able to summon splinter, like his spirit or whatever. He was trying to, he was trying to learn how to do that and try to like, you know, be like Leo and like master that he could never quite get it. Cause he was trying to communicate with his brothers and say like, he's like, yo, give me a side, give me answers. I need guidance right now because I feel like I'm going off the rails. Yeah. But because of his temper, he could never really uh, quiet his mind enough to get to that point. And then fast forward to the fight between him and the villain. They, uh, you know, they get into it. Raph gets the upper hand and then he's about to kill him. And then his brother's spirit finally shows up, like all three of them. Uh, but Leo is the one that communicates with him. And he's just like, Raph, this is not the way. Like, we're better than this or some shit like that. And then Raph eventually, he's just like, okay, you know what? This, this is, there's a better way. There's, a, there's another way. And so he doesn't end up killing the guy. And then... Um, <clears throat> Through an ultimate sacrifice, let's just say they're in like a building, like things are like, like the building is going going under or whatever. It's crashing and shit. And then uh, April O'Neil some somehow in there, and she's been kidnapped or whatever. I know I'm just throwing shit in right now, but she's kidnapped. Raph ends up saving her, and then she goes free. She's thinking that Raph is gonna follow her in her lead, but Raph is just like, no. I mean, you know, there's no place for me out there. I've done a lot of like wrongdoing. I need to answer for those wrongs. I'm staying back. So the building goes under. Raph seem seamlessly die like he supposedly dies. Yeah. And then April O'Neil does her final like news report talking about this Ronin hero who like you know he's a vigilante but he actually turned into a hero. Yeah. And then in the midst of her like doing her final um, report, you see um, in the water where the building kind of went under, you just see like a shell like arise, <laughs> and then it just ends. And then you, maybe he's alive, maybe he's not. Who knows? But that's how I see it playing out. Okay, okay. I, I, like I gotta say, like man, like you should write, uh, <laughs> like, like for real. But I do want to ask, why did you choose Raphael? Yeah, and also before you say anything, I thought the question was who and why, not who and why. And what is your entire story, bro? I I want to take it there, guy, because I'm like. I just like, threw that in I'm there. not gonna lie. Like, I came up with like a mental like thing too. Like, and it actually surprisingly has some similarities to yours. So we'll get to that. But like, I want to okay. know why yeah. why yeah. you chose Raph. I have okay, a little so, bit. So so we we'd already talked about this off camera um, over WhatsApp about like the turtles and you know Darcy especially. He kind of he broke it down and like he gave some really interesting points in terms of like why. Donatello would be a good candidate, which I won't go into because I'm sure that's one of your picks or whatever. Or Michelangelo, um, Leo, Leo and Raph would have been are obviously the easier choices because they're the they're they're more of the front runners of the turtles. Yeah. Um, but Raph has always kind of been my favorite, and I've always wanted to kind of see, like 
in every iteration of the Turtles, we've always known that Raph has always been the hot-headed one, mm -hmm. the angry one, and they've kind of alluded to why he's so angry, but we never got like a full, we, we either never got a full redemption from him or like a, like a legit reason, a strong enough reason as to where that anger stems from, why it's so, like why it's such a prominent thing for him versus all the other Turtles, right? I know in some storylines, it's like a matter of him just wanting to be accepted by the world and like feeling that he's like, you know, this freak of nature and like no one will really truly understand him and he hates being underground. But I feel like there needs to be a little bit more. I think that I wanted that to be fleshed out a little bit more. And I liked, I liked if he had the opportunity of like starting off as a hot headed person, then getting angry and then feeling responsible for the death of his family, then just going off on a fucking rampage of revenge streak kind of thing. And then finally getting that redemption where he's just like, you know what? I need to learn to channel my inner Zen, like Leo. I need to find the humor in life, like Michelangelo. And I need to be more intelligent and more calculated like my brother Donatello. So it goes beyond just him mastering all their weapons. He's also mastering their personalities for him to, for him to be a better warrior. And so, <laughs> Yeah, that's kind of why I chose him. Deep. Uh, Dope. Yeah, I, I, don't, right. I, I don't have anything to say on that one. Uh, Darcy, uh, like, uh, do you, uh, which turtle do you want to kind of like uh, have this, the Ronin be and why? And also if you have a storyline that you would like to spout out? First off, I got to say, I got a better story than you, and I just made it up off the top of my head. No, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, shit! No, I'm kidding. It's not. It's not better, but it, it is. It is a story. I, I kind of had like, like I think like Umar said, like when I started imagining who I'd want, I kind of imagined I want to say more the universe uh, and some of the consequences to what would happen. Um, but as you're talking, I started thinking like flushing it out a little more because. I didn't want to come empty-handed, you know what I'm saying? So um, so my pick is, and you already alluded to it, is Donatello. And originally, like, my favorite actual um, growing up was Raphael. But, you know, I, I just didn't kind of want this, the obvious story, personally, um, just because... I just I, I feel like I know where it's gonna go. Like it's though I like a lot of the latter part of the story you said. A lot of the earlier parts, I just I just tired of seeing that from Raphael personally. Mm -hmm. So what I when I was like thinking about Donatello, the thing that I kind of imagined in my head tonally is the Dark Knight Returns Frank Miller in a, in an interesting way, not identically, obviously. Interesting. Okay. So what I'm thinking is like. In my head, when I immediately thought, oh, they, the, the, the three of the brothers die, it was through some form of an epic battle where um, maybe they had been doing this for a while uh, and, like, and maybe arrogance has got a little bit the better of them. They've won a lot of battles and they, they feel like, you know, they have never really been matched at this point or like, you know, even though there's been difficult battles, it's like they can always overcome. And yeah. then they finally end up against some villain and i kind of want it to be not related to anybody like something new um to in i don't don't know why i have no strong reason just be introduced to like a new villain with a different type of motive and they end up going against this battle and three of them die and donatello is the only one that lives and um uh splinter is still alive at the beginning of this and what ends up happening is, is that he would have to go back and he would need to um train and he kind of goes dark for like a long period of time like I, i'm thinking like years and you know there's obviously that whole thing where i think all of us would want is that he you know he's kind of trying to channel through you know chi and all that stuff connection to his brothers and he trains and over time um uh, splinter passes away just because he's older at this at the beginning of the story so he's not gonna have that much time i don't know why i want him to pass away other than the fact i just feel like there's something epic about him needing to he gets some e extra lessons yeah but then he has to continue on his own and i feel like the reason totally i i say the frank miller of the Dark Knights because I feel like there's a Batman level esque element that you could flip his character into when he's he's the, he's really the intelligent more like detective type one and forced into a more darker you know uh, scenario because of the consequences he'll get have to get really tactical and if the enemy is 
and he's angry, right? Because the whole premise what they said is that he wants revenge. Uh, like whoever the character is wants revenge. So if the enemy was already great for three of them and he has to do it by himself, the training and the planning and the tactics that he has to go into would be like a Batman unhinged, like on, like on without the rules, right? Yeah. Being able to go, go all the way out. And I just kind of see it building up to something. I hadn't thought about like April or um, uh, I can't remember his name right now. You know, you just said it. Casey, Casey Jones. But I, thinking about it on the fly, I feel like there could be something really interesting in pulling it, working with the two of them, you know, maybe using um, Bar. Uh, wow. I'm literally lo- looking at like Batman stuff. So I'm about to say Batman characters. Um, uh, thinking of uh, April kind of playing like, I, 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 the reason I was going to say Barbo is playing kind of like an Oracle kind of yeah. position and having Casey play off like um, kind of like a Nightwing position kind of kind of a deal um and i don't have like a whole like final battle built up but the thing i really like is there being multiple battles of him wiping out giant groups of whoever the enemy is right like whoever this villain is will have a lot of henchmen and you're just wiping his way through stuff when he comes back into the world that he's been like hidden from for a period of time and and the way that each battle goes, it's not just like hand-to-hand combat. It's like intelligent um, things, like setting up scenarios where like maybe there's like 20 guys he has to face and like, you know, 10 of them get wiped out because of something he set up, right? Maybe he blows up something and it has like, you know, trickles down, takes a bunch of guys out and you're like, whoa, didn't see that kind of coming. Yeah. Um, I don't really have a, a, a climax conclusion piece. Um, you, don't, you don't really need to, yeah. No, no, I don't. But uh, I just felt like you know the bar was set really high. <laughs> you said you wanted me to go first, man. Yeah, it's, it's fair. Well, he wanted you to go first. I didn't say nothing about it. You go first. <laughs> but yeah, I, I feel like it, it, it could lead to a, like an epic battle. And I think if you stick within the Dark Knight Returns tone, then it should be a gritty battle where it's he. For a long time, he seems like he's going to have the upper hand, but when he gets closer to that end, the upper hand starts going away, and it is just like it ends up at some kind of like, you know, they're they're both beaten and bloody and near death, and he's just it's just going to come down to will or something to to that effect. Um, that's kind of some that's kind of how I seen it. I just I haven't read the the the, the you know the, the 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 comics for these characters, but I just. I like sometimes that gritty dark stuff and I just kind of felt like taking it to that level since it's painted a little bit like that. Yeah. I really like to see it kind of go in that direction. So I'm going to leave it there and I'll pass it over to Umar. Okay. Well, this is a tough act to follow. Uh, well, several acts now. Um, okay. Uh, so- there's just one tough act. Just one tough act. <laughs> yeah. My- <laughs> <laughs> he ain't following, man. He ain't following. That. <laughs> That's removed. <laughs> For me, I would say it's, it's interesting because uh, both of you. So uh, Darcy, you said Raph was your favorite uh, growing up, right? Yeah. And tactics. He's just been your, consistent favorite from beginning mm-hmm. to end right yeah for me it's interesting because for uh i loved michelangelo growing up and then as i got older it switched to donatello but for this story for this type of story i would want it to be michelangelo uh and the reason for that is because i find that he would have the most to grow from this uh, from this storyline, uh, and also he, you can take his uh, character to so many different fronts. So uh, yes, I agree that uh, to what you said earlier, tactics that like Raph and Leo are kind of like the obvious choices. So I I, I like more of a underdog story, uh, as it were. And Donatello is kind of like. If I was to choose, it would either be Donatello or Michelangelo. So, like, Darcy, surprisingly, you hit a lot, a lot of the notes that I wanted for a Donatello uh, Ronin story. But for me personally, I would prefer the Michelangelo one because the way I see it happening is he is the most, the most to grow. Uh, he is, without a doubt, the dumbest and also the weakest, even <laughs> though he has the most complex weapon. Actually, I think, <laughs> he, I think Donatello is the weakest. Yeah, I, I think I think but they always depicted him to be a little bit physically weaker. Not like yeah. any more weak though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like I would say that like 
I would put place bets on Donatello if it was a Donatello versus Michelangelo fight. Yeah, I would too because he's just he's well, smart. yeah, that, but that's yeah, he's like he can outsmart Michelangelo. But like, if we're talking physicality, then Michelangelo. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. fine. Let's, let's say I would. I kind of hold them physically on equal terms. But let, let's say that Michelangelo is. Yeah. A no, I, I, I'm, I'm agreeing with your the, your the preface that. Are you I, though? I am. I am. Michelangelo is physically a little bit stronger than Donatello. Yeah, I like how you said he was a dumbest. I don't think he. I, I, th- I feel like he's just. I just feel like he's like he's so carefree that he just comes off as being dumb, but he's clearly not. Dumb. In the Nickelodeon one, they they paint him as a dumbass, but like in other yeah. iterations, he's he, like I agree with Darcy. He's just more carefree. I wouldn't say he's the dumbest. Yeah, because like you said, he has the most complex of weapons. So I'm like, how dumb can he really be? Yeah, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily say that he actually can be smart. It just says that he's able to. You like he's yeah, it's like it's, like it's like dancing. Uh, you're able to like maneuver stuff, but uh, anyway. So the reason I feel he has the most to grow, and so and also the mature, and kind of like how you, like you both have ascribed different stories to your character uh, that like uh, for the Ronin, I did the same thing. Surprisingly, I I viewed him as turning into a kind of a Naruto esque character. Mm. Where he's like the bottom of the class, and then it's because he's orange. orange. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> that, that definitely helped. <laughs> but um, so, like the way I just, uh, see it happening is like it would be more of a compelling story for me to see him grow with each loss. So, like it's not like all three of them or all four of them died right away. It's actually like one at a time, and mm. each one teaches something to like each like the death is so profound but is so inherent to their character that it sticks with michelangelo like for example i I view that leonardo was the first to die and he did so as the leader he's like okay all of you guys go i'll deal with this and like michelangelo was watching this happen and he is like he watched him die and then uh raf died after that and like he went out like like a boss, like just take, taking everybody down with him, and Donatello stayed like uh, stayed up to survive the last. Uh, but he always had, he kept showing Michelangelo Michelangelo ways on using like uh, kind of like uh, what Liam Neeson did in Batman Begins. He was like uh, theatricality and deception are powerful agents, and he showed him how to make like small gizmos that would mm-hmm. allow him to kind of like figure stuff out. And I see that um, all of this happened because Shredder and Splinter had their final battle. And both of them, well, I would say like Splinter died, but Shredder essentially was crippled from the neck down. Like he is never getting up. He is, all he can do is give advice, but he is out of commission and that's it. So it's up to the next generation, which is the Turtles and, let's say, Karai or whatever kind of, like, second-in-command that uh, uh, the Foot Clan have. And the Turtles are so utterly, like, brokenhearted from all this that they can't really keep up. And each and every one of them die. And also the public is now made aware of them, so, like, they, they have... They're on the run constantly in the sewers. And... Michelangelo eventually is the last one standing because, in a way, all of his brothers died to keep him safe. Like mm. they're, they're like he's the little brother that they just. They're like even Donatello was like, "Mikey, go, I, I'll keep you safe." And like the sacrifices he watched every single member of his family do, which is inherently uh, defining of their characteristic. And they each were so profound that he actually took on those elements. They're like scars in his heart of each of his family members. And he is trying to live up to those images, to those archetypes. And so he goes into hiding and he like he has one weapon left over from each of his brothers and does the best he can to kind of learn each of them by himself. Uh, with the ways that he remembered uh, Splinter would teach all of them when they were kids. And so he just did isolation, did by himself, and then he went back and got his revenge. Very Naruto-esque-like. Like, he, like, he does the Donatello uh, 
strategies, but kind of like a prankster would, just like Naruto does. Mm. He learns to use like he learns Zen the way uh, like and the sword just like Leonardo, but at the same time he's unpredictable just like the nunchucks and like he is more fluid in that and he is able to like he has all this anger for the loss of his family just like uh Raphael, but is able to channel it in his fight so that's how i kind of see it but like i, I don't have as <laughs> intimately of a story laid out the way you do tactics. yo but that that's that's actually pretty sick man like you kind of like i was a little iffy on the michelangelo thing but you kind of sold me on it like my question is during the sacrifice with the other turtles, does that all take place within the, like one battle, or is it like no, individual? It's individual. Like it's basically like over a period of months, sort mm, of thing. Okay. Like they're literally picked off one at a time, and mm. also the public is after him, the police are after him. Let's mm. say TCRI mm. is after him, and the foot, or like what's left over of the foot. It's like. Like no one believes in the foot, but everyone now knows that the turtles exist, and now they're starting to like ascertain that maybe these turtles have been terrorizing New York this whole time. Interesting. The other thing I like that you said though is that it, it takes place over like uh, months because the one premise in that we know about the story is that he, the revenge aspect. And if it was to take place over years, the revenge would feel like well, you would get the revenge for the first one with the other. With the three that remain, right? So the story wouldn't, you wouldn't have enough momentum. But I think it works. You know, it's funny though when you said like he would do, he would um, uh, do the 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 illusion, you know, distraction kind of stuff, but in a prankster way, like Naruto. Immediately, I thought sexy jutsu, <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <That> was- <laughs> yeah. Okay, so my question, my next question is, after he gets his revenge. I'm assuming he gets his revenge, right? Yeah. Okay, so after he gets his revenge, what then? He dies. Ooh. From what? You gonna kill him off? Over I, I, basically, <laughs> like, he takes out, but like he takes out everyone, uh-huh. like whoever's after him, all that sort of stuff. And he and April shows that he was the one who saved everyone and also brought down all these like criminal elements. So, which is funny because like all of the other brothers, they died. And no one knew. But when Michelangelo dies, everyone knows him. Like, he's the hero at the end. And they don't realize that he actually was honoring Splinter and all the other turtles while he died. Hmm. Damn, I like it. I like, I it, like too. it, Yeah. Hmm. I had, a, I had a point I wanted to make earlier that I was thinking at the beginning. But tactics, I got I to ask you a question. Yeah. So he sold you on Michelangelo. You ain't saying I sold you on Donatello. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no I, I did, I, honestly, I didn't. I didn't need convincing with Donatello because when you said the Dark Knight aspect, I was like, okay, I'm like when we were talking about it on WhatsApp, I was like, I'm already in. Like that's yeah. that's that's sick. I could like I didn't even like you almost. It's so easy to overlook them because they are like Umar. You were saying they they are the underdogs, right? So um it's it's easy to just kind of like push them aside and like root for the the, the front runners right but yeah. you know i'm like like you i i'm i'm very much into the underdog story it's why like i think a lot of people are that's why like the rocky franchise has done so well right yeah um, exactly so so yeah like with donatello and that aspect of him using not relying so much on like physical prowess because you know he is the weakest um of the four of the three um, but, um, yeah, him more using his, in- his intellect to defeat his enemies. I really like yeah. that, that aspect of it. I think though he would go in, in, into that, that, um, that the hiding for a period of time and build up, like he would come mm-hmm. out strong, right? He wouldn't come out like weak because he would need all facets to, mm-hmm. to take on because he doesn't he can't rely on Raphael's strength and, and, yeah. and, 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 um, you know Leonardo's like precision and like, yeah. like fluidity. He has to have all of it. Like no matter what the story is, no matter who the, which character is, they ca- they have to learn to adopt their brothers, right? Yeah. Because, oh. Like like that's like like in all three of ours and whoever had the fourth, right? Yeah, you know what it reminds me of, and uh, I never read the comic, but I met, like Umar used to talk about it all the time. Um, it, Don, uh, Darcy's story and like the whole Donatello, like Donatello being Ronin, it reminds me of Tim Drake fighting uh, Rachel Ghoul. 
oh. where, where he, they have that dialogue that when exchange where it's like when he's where red he's, robin yeah 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 where he's like yo you're not you're not as strong as him but you have his you have his you have batman's intellect and his brain power oh, oh, yeah. his baby, right so it's just like he's like and he's the only one who call, like he like that tim tim is referred to as detective by rachel gould because of exactly. that respect right so right away like when you were talking darcy just just now like my brain went there. It was like, ah, yeah, yeah he's kind of like Tim Drake in the sense where he doesn't have the physical assets of, or the, even the, the the skill as Mar as um, Leo and Raph, but where he excels is his his brain, intellect. his intellect, right? So Ooh, I, I like that now. I like that yeah. a lot now. Yeah. And and the thing the thing that I wanted to say earlier, I remember what it was, is that actually Donatello is my least favorite, right? Like I actually like he's he's the one that like growing up I just. I, I kind of liked him at times in certain depictions, but I just like didn't really care that much for him. And and when I was looking at theories and stuff like that and started thinking about it, it was like the reason I liked it is the same reason that Umar, you like Michelangelo, which is that for me personally, not saying he has Don has most to grow, but for me, he has the most to convince me. Uh -huh. Right. So for me, he has the most to grow, not as a character arc, so to speak, because his character's like like missing something. As I in like, like if I'm the one, if he's the one I like the least then making him into the one I like the most is the most satisfying. Yeah. Right? I like um, that. And, and, and which is why I kind of went there. And I feel like all three of us, we all kind of identified like, even though like, like I, I, I still think that like Raphael is like an obvious choice, but I like how tactics flipped it by the end um, and, and took it like made the character um, not follow an obvious arc, I want to say. Like, he could be the obvious choice, but it didn't have an obvious arc. And in the, it was just like, he's just going to fight with anger the whole freaking time. Yeah. But I feel like Leonardo, like, since we didn't actually, uh, neither of us had a theory on it, I kind of feel like Leonardo's story would end up kind of being e either one of two paths. One is that, you know, he continues more on who he is he kind of doubles down yeah. he learns from all of them like adopts from them but it's very much he stays then and and then kind of goes down that path which is so obvious that you're like thank you i kind of saw it coming or the other one he almost turns into like i want to say borderline turning into like an attic at some point right like he goes hinge off the hinges and then has to find his way back but even that one to me is like he's just gonna find his way back to who he is so like originally so it's like the story doesn't really he doesn't really grow he has to fall off and come back and but, but what if he doesn't come back though because that's the th i think it's like even that, with that, that could be interesting that could be the best story but i also don't feel like i want to see that story no the th because the thing is like if we were to do a survey of like who's your favorite ninja turtle i feel like leo would get the least amount of love because he's such a straight straight and edged character that he's He's all there's there's no hardest to relate to, you know. Yeah, you know what I mean. So I don't know about that. I think a lot of people would actually like Leo. I I haven't I haven't met anyone who is like, yo, Leo's my favorite character. You know what? In the comments, I would like to see which is your favorite character growing yeah. up. Yo, Just on, on yeah, on YouTube, are we are we able to do a poll? Because I actually want to see. We could I, possibly. Well, I, I don't know. I know we could I do it on see, uh, Instagram. I, I, like I said, I I have yet to meet anyone who has been like, "Yo, Leo's my shit." Because Donatello gets points just for the staff. Like people love. Like I know people love the whole staff shit and everything. Michelangelo because he's like charismatic and funny. Raph because he's the hothead, so he has the edge. And like people are like, "Oh man, that's cool." Leo is kind of like, "Yo, you're kind of whack and boring and like bland. You're like vanilla ice cream." Even yeah. though vanilla ice cream is kind of dope, but I yeah. love vanilla ice cream, especially specifically French vanilla. Facts. Uh, but I, I would say growing up, like Raph was the one I liked the most. Mikey was the one that was like my close, close second. And I think Leo for me was like the one that I kind of wanted to be like, like I respect yeah. the most. And I felt like um, there's characteristics about him that like lined up with myself that I, I, I identified with. But Raph was still the one I identified with the most. And it mm -hmm. always just was, and I don't know what it was like. Like the three of them, if you come, I mean, at the end of the day, the, teen, the teenage mutant ninja turtles, the way that they're written is just a it, part of their their personality, just to represent different parts of a normal person's psyche. And obviously, they thought about that when they're writing it for kids, right? Like mm -hmm. here's four different brothers that represent four different things that you're gonna feel a lot in your life. <laughs> mm -hmm. So g going back, I would say that if we're hypothesizing how Leo's story would go, I, I think the way I would want to see it is if he goes like 
he goes Punisher. Oh, yeah, bro. Yes. Hell fucking yes. Okay, yeah, that's a way better. That's a way better way than yeah. anyone's I was thinking of. Yeah, immediately you could tell like the reaction. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine? Like he just goes like John Berthel crazy style. He's like, I just have to kill every member of the Foot Clan. Like not even John. Like yeah, let's let's go with Punisher. But I can also see like a little bit like a like almost like a, a Magneto type, where it's like it's like just he believes he has to kill every last foot. You know what? No, I, I want to say I want to say the tonality and attitude of the Punisher with the skill of Deadpool. Because that's closer to his skill set, so okay. like, so he comes in the room like, like in in the, in the perspective of like uh, the Punisher with like the the agenda and like the brutality, but also mi- b- missing. I mean, that is that, that, that is Deathstroke right there. Deathstroke is the combination of the Punisher and Deadpool. <laughs> so there you go. Yo, if Leo turns into Deathstroke, that is awesome. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be the if, if if it ends up being a Leo story, then yeah, that would be the way to do it. I just feel like they're not gonna do a Leo story because it's too obvious. Not. Unless yeah. everyone's like Leo's too obvious, and then no one's thinking it's Leo, and then they just do Leo to be like, well, because you thought it would be the obvious one. That's the thing, though. There's like, there's like we've just proven that there's a compelling story for all four of them, which is good. Which, which is, is great. Good. It's but fucking I great. That, I would say that like the. Like we we definitely had to like collectively work together to make Leo compelling. So, but that didn't take. How much time did that take? Yeah, right. and we're not the, we're not the creators. Yeah, who <laughs> like, like the actual two guys who created the show who had an, uh, this idea from a long time ago and are now finally getting to do it and obviously can adjust it and and make it even better, right? Because they probably talked about it over the decades, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sure if they want to make Leo good, they they're gonna make Leo good. Fair, fair. <laughs> like, so, oh, uh, we're gonna be really mad. <laughs> but yes, I do ask people. Uh, all viewers in the comments let us know if leo was ever your favorite I, I feel there would be a lot i don't think so i honestly do not think so darcy mm-hmm. I'll go but i've been wrong before fitty, fitty. i just go fitty fitty because you know <laughs> <laughs> just because i'd be in the middle you know all right so look uh, let's uh move on to our next uh item uh yeah. wait, wait hold, on, hold, on, hold on before we oh, move on oh. to the next one okay we already talked about this on WhatsApp, but let's address it here. What style would you want to see this if it was turned into a movie, not just a comic? Oh. CGI. Uh, oh, what medium? What medium? Yeah. yeah. Uh, animation, a hundred percent. I don't want. I don't want to see any live action. I don't want to see a full CGI. I mean, like unless they they're doing some combination of animation and. 3D rendering, it's cool and compelling for composition reasons. But me, 100%. I'm, I know, Umar, I'm not, I'm not trying to say those, those, those goofy animes that are like 3D and anime and they look horrible and they're janky and move weird. I mean, like, I've seen some where like, they really incorporate it. Um, uh, Demon Slayer is one. They use a lot of 3D animation in that. So if they have a cool idea with 3D animation, I'm down for it. But, um, but animation focused 100% through and through for me. I want like, Pixar level writing and also uh, like animation. Interesting. Like, granted, Pixar will never go that dark. Well, no, hold on. Pixar can go dark, but like Pixar will. Disney. I don't think. I don't think Disney owns TMNT. I don't think so. But nonetheless, that's like I want animation. No live action. Don't do that to me. I like. I, I want this to be done well, and I want. Sorry, I'm going. I'm getting. I'm getting triggered right now. So let me let me rein it back in. No live action, animation. I want it seriously done. Animation with well written story. Basically, Pixar DreamWorks level awesomeness. I want Planet of the Apes type shit. Mm. Andy Circus to take the helm and just yeah just touch all up on that man like i want Protectors that's what i want fire right now i that want that's that's genius. what i'm looking for man planet yeah. of the ape style oh that is genius matt reeves at the helm yeah the circus yeah 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 i want that i just worry that like because of how movies are and their budgets it'll like come out weak in some aspect unless you get that exact crew yeah if you get that you know, part that then, partnership like yeah, you can't go wrong with that. Man. Also, here's a follow up to that. 
I'm going to state what I want, and then you you you'll follow off of this. I actually, based on everything we said, I would want this to be more than one movie. I'd want this to be a parter of some sort, depending on how good the arc is. Okay. Yeah, I I can agree with that. Yeah, and now I like when you, especially if you say like the um like the Matt Reeves thing. I'm not saying it has to be a trilogy. I just feel like. I feel like the comic's gonna have a like unless it's one comic book, then then no. But like if it's series, then I would want I don't I don't want it to be rushed, right? Because I feel like all the the buildups and stuff like that, I feel like could be re like you know if you do an animation or movie, like I feel like it'd be like an hour and a half, two hours, and I feel like they'd move through so much that you would miss some of the building and some of the the deeper moments. I'm gonna say one movie, kind of like John Wick style. John Wick was three movies. No, no, no. Like the first movie before they made it. Because, like, for me personally, the first movie for John Wick is... A complete film. Yeah, a complete film and also the best film. Yeah, I, but, they, I, yeah, but they, they left a lot. So I agree with you, but they left a lot on the table in terms of, like, we never really got to explore the lore of the hotel, right? So that was always left kind of... Yeah, yeah. yeah. but like, what, I, what I'm trying to say is, like, that was world building that was that like was allowed from like it had more potential to mm-hmm. to grow mm-hmm. turtles is an established universe we all grew up with it now granted whether you watched it or not that's one thing but like at least everyone knows of the four turtles and all that sort of stuff so if we have an established universe there's it's more about perfectly accentuating and bringing in the right elements to the story and kind of let our imaginations fill like fill it up like if we have points and a, like properly done like all of this has to be properly done like if the russo brothers took over or like matt reeves and that sort of stuff like i'm with you like it needs to be properly done but that doesn't mean that it has to be more than one film it, like if you give us a two-hour movie with right right the correct writing it can be a poignant one like one shot genius yeah, I hear you. I, I'm, I'm not disagreeing that it could be that way. There's, just a, there's a part of me that wants it to be. You light. want more. You don't want it rushed. And I don't, it, want, it, and I don't it, want it rushed. And in my head, especially if I'm talking the Donatello movie, because more, yeah. more specifically, um, I want that like two parter, like the Dark Knight Returns, like how it's like the, both those films felt they're like they're complete, but they had to be in, intertwined. And I just like, like I don't want to like end on like oh, and you're like. Like, like, I, I don't want to end in the middle of something. I just want it to be, um, you know, like, just yeah, like, not rush. Like, give, give you a lot of depth because I feel like there's a lot of depth that could be had in the loss, the emotional side, him losing some battles in the beginning, him building himself back up, him kind of coming to a new version of him, and then boom, get ready for the second film, right? Kind of a thing. Like you. The first film has a lot, but it really builds to an epic, more epic second film. Okay. Yeah. T. I feel like, I feel like if they kind of did it in this in a similar fashion to how they did the Planet of the Apes, where it was like you established the Caesar character, right, and then obviously there was the what was it the not the rise what was the second dawn of the planet of the apes and then yeah. war of the planet war. of the apes where yeah. it's like in the third movie he he suffers a great loss and then that's his journey to to um to kind of like his revenge journey essentially and then the his kind of redemption at the end i feel like it can play the turtles can play out in a similar fashion where because we're about due for a Turtles movie anyway. So you establish the Turtles, not necessarily an origin film, but like kind of like the beginning they're stages already. where everything, yeah, like they're lighthearted. You, even if you, if you want to do Shredder or whatever the case may be, they deal with him in the first movie. Second movie is something else that's kind of leading up to the death or maybe you even end with the Turtles dying in the second movie. And then in the third movie, that's where the Ronin story takes place and you kind of carry on through that. And then the third movie kind of, closes the chapter on on everything mm-hmm. okay okay i can see that i can see yeah. that too i'm just game for like a lot of good content you know what i'm saying <laughs> so but as we slide into the next topic umar i want you to try to re-pronounce his name i'm afraid to can you can you do it i just looked it up and i had listening to it in my headphones 
So can you do it? <laughs> so do, do it one more time. <sighs> it's got torture the guy. Giancarlo. Espacito. Yeah, you, you're close. Yeah, yeah. Giancarlo Espacito. Giancarlo yeah. Esposito. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, it was the first one I definitely uh, fucked up. So I was like, I'm scared. I'm scared. yeah, 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 yeah. And I respect the actor so much. If he ever, by some miracle, watches this, I don't want him to think that I have like I disrespect him. So like, so anyway, so it's a tough uh, name. sorry. It's a tough name. Yeah. I'm sure you get well, it yeah. it's tough if you don't speak the language. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, the. The news, uh, well, again, the geeky news, uh, revealed this past week that uh, Giancarlo Esposito has wanted to uh, has a like a wish list, like he wishes to be part of the MCU. Now, given the fact that the MCU has now readopted Fantastic Four and also the X Men, and they are currently in the works of creating that, plus also all the Avengers and stuff that we have going on and everything like that. This has created something that I like. I love to do, and I kind of want to include this into our conversations in the Geeky Bros podcast, which is fan casting. Now, Giancarlo wants to be part of the MCU. My question to both of you, and I will reveal my own answer or answers, which character do you want him to play? Can I go first oh, this time? Oh, no. Dr. hands up. I just don't have to follow that again. <laughs> um, so for me, I have two answers. But I'm going to say one now, and I'm going to save one for later after we're done done all this. And you'll see why. So the one for now is Dr. Doom. Yeah. that's uh, For me, I think, yeah. that's, I think that's everyone's obvious choice. Yeah. Um. It's accent, it's presence, it's just I, I, like I was struggling to find other characters, but for me, there's something about that. It, I don't want him to, like, even though this is still one of those ones, like, he could also be like a very omnipotent, godlike character that's just all animated. But I also kind of wanted something that feels more grounded and earthly, um, yeah. which I mean, I, I want to see him. Too. I want to see him act. Yeah, yeah, and. and also seeing like the transition of that character like i mean he he just he can just he can kill anything he does but i i feel like dr doom would just be epic and i you know there's many different de- depictions of dr doom's voice um mm-hmm. but i i like the fact that like i like when dr doom has a non north american tone to his voice like he has an accent that, that sounds like I, I remember one of the animated ones it sounded like slovakian or i can't say that oh i got that wrong <laughs> slavic slavic thank you oh my gosh i was like that eh, came up my mouth and i'm like no <laughs> but anyways i like when he had like a, a like a different accent um it just adds a whole different level of character so i think I, I don't know if he always has a specific accent because I've heard different variations on it, but I would like yeah. him to have, you know, something that just has that regal quality to it. Um, because that's what I like when Dr. Doom is like, you know, more regal than in those films with Jessica Alba. <laughs> <laughs> not, not because of her. I was just trying to reference a person that film with, with, with Chris Evans in them. <laughs> All right. So tactics. <sighs> I'm gonna be honest, man. I got nothing. And really? the reason and the reason why I've got nothing is because I honestly and don't don't get me wrong, once they start making trailers and I start hearing more news about the MCU, I'll probably be more excited. But I'm after what we got with like Endgame, I'm like, I'm good. Like if they never did another MCU mm-hmm. movie, like oh, I I'd be like I'm just kind of, so I'm not like like when I hear new news about oh Fantastic Four is coming like again don't get me wrong like I would love to see that on film done properly and not with like Jessica Alba and friends uh, not that there's anything wrong with her but um, oh, you guys are also forgetting the horrible one we watched on my birthday you, I'm not forgetting that I I left that out for a reason crying <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, yeah I I don't know so like I mean he could play any anyone i i really like i'm not like you know i'm not a star wars fanatic but even i have to admit that the mandalorian is like yeah it's yeah. it's the shit like i i, I love that show like honestly so, he, he when he stepped out of that uh tie fighter i was like 
Yeah. So, so yeah, he could honestly play anything, and I'd be like, okay, cool, yeah. cool. I'm just not. I, that's just I'm kind of indifferent right now. I'm I'm good. I'm satisfied. I got my yeah. fill, and everything okay. else is just extra. So I'm gonna leave it that at that and give it to you, Umar. All right. Well, in that case, I I have two uh, that I would really like to see. Um, first one off the top of my head, I I look. Honestly, I don't want him to be viewed as the villain. It's just he's. It's just so easy for him, and I'm it's really so worried. Good at villain. I know, I know, but like, I, I don't want him to get typecast, especially like if he's like finally getting into the MCU and he's been wanting to get in. I want him to like do something unique. So first, first off, he's not. If, if the man's typecast, and not because of Marvel. Second of all, Batman could act himself out of a typecast role. He could start off That's as a, in a typecast role and end up in a non-typecast role. And what other this character? What other villain role has he played? In, uh, so aside from the Mandalorian, he technically was the villain in Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad, he was amazing. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah, because uh, he, he. But he, the thing was, it's so good. By that point in the show. Both the hero was a villain, yeah. and the new guy who came in, who was the villain, was a hero. So mm. it was like they were like like very yin and yanging each other the whole yeah. time, and then it was just oh that battle was so good. And, and technically, <laughs> in the boys, he's like kind of like the the ultimate bad guy. He's in the boys. Yeah, exactly. What I'm googling it right now. Guys, come on. <laughs> Wait, what? Who is he's, he in the boys? He's the boss of the of the corporation uh, of bot. Oh yeah, he is, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, nice. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I mean, that role isn't as big as some other roles. So, so no, far, granted, so granted. It's, it's, you know, it's like. Especially in that show, there's a lot of a lot of big characters to keep yeah. your head around. Like, Agreed, he's but like, so good, and there's so many people that are doing so good right now in that show. But like he had one scene, and like I was like, like with like even yeah, that one home, but <laughs> Homeland was like, yo, wait, he's here. Yeah. Okay, so you see, I don't, I don't want to get tight guys. Anyway, so going back to my uh, my thought, my so for a good guy role. I would want. I actually want him to play Professor X. Wow, I was not expecting that. I don't, I don't know. know. I like. Don't be wrong. Can he do it? Yes. He could do anything. He could be Batman for crying out loud. Interesting thoughts. Um, I, just, I don't know about that, y'all. <laughs> I want to see what you guys would react. You guys were like, mm. I was like, ah, that's a. <laughs> nice. I just don't. I just don't see him for Professor X. It's just. Why? It's just not. It doesn't work for me. It doesn't work for me. It's, it's not. It's not quite what I want to see. It's like there's something differently, different, differently, different in in the tonalities. I think that he would bring, and I almost feel like he. I mean, obviously, he's probably acted in ways I have not seen, and and I know he blew me away. But there's a level of gravitas that he brings to the character characters he plays that I feel would be a slightly subdued in the Professor X role. That I know he would still have a gravitas, but I don't feel like Professor X has. He's way more. I can't get the word for it, but he just doesn't have that that gravitas kind of thing in him. That I feel like if you if you flip him over and put him into um, uh, Magneto, he I think he would be stronger at. Magneto is an easier. Character to have, to have gravitas, but like I didn't thing, say it. <laughs> but like Xavier, Xavier can have a great deal of power. Uh, like not in, like physically. I mean, in the sense of like he like l- look at Patrick Stewart in Logan. I know you guys weren't a big fan of Logan. What? But I fucking love that? Logan. Yo, who- you guys, you guys both told me that you when I well, I I was in love with Logan. You guys were like, mm. no, no, no. I never said that. Tactics, you, I remember you specifically saying no, that. No, 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 no. What I said was I liked it, but it's not a movie that I would watch over and over again. That's exactly what I said. I remember Ooh. I remember us having this conversation, and you fucked me up on this every time. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> you always say that I hate a fucking movie, and I'm like, yeah, that's not what I said. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Umar, stop, stop getting your black people confused. It was some other. <laughs> I remember that I was going off about how much I loved Logan, and this guy was just like, mm. I, it was, it bro, was all right. No, no, that's not what I did at all. 
I remember you shrugging the way you shrug. No, I was like, I liked it. It's just not a movie that I would watch over and over again. Oh, that oh. thing broke my soul. Omar, Omar, let me just let me just tell you. Just a- treat this like a bad date. Pull the ripcord and get out of here. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, like the way Patrick Stewart was in uh, Logan. Yes, it was very different from what we've seen him. He was like a broken Professor Xavier, but it was still so profound for me. Now, if we can see a uh, Giancarlo Esposito do a strong Xavier, who is formidable, who he, who actually like no, like even without telepathy knows mind games, knows how to like perfectly work the system, and like has legal uh, protections up the wazoo, and also coming up with strategies on how the X Men can like handle a, a, an upcoming uh, disaster while also looking good. I mean that I would love to see him sink his teeth into something that's not easy because like, Magneto, yes, needs you need a good actor to do it, but it is kind of easy to get on there because it, it is very anger based. It's very, uh, very, just you know, you feel the rage because you can relate to that rage. But what I want to see is Giancarlo get his teeth into like Xavier and sh- bring in like that hope, bring in that, uh, the power of someone who is willing to like expose himself to the minds and the pain of all those around him and, and still have hope for people and still want to help people and encourage all those around him to follow in that dream. I, that is why I want him to be a, a Professor X. You know what? I, I still don't see it. But with that being said, I've had my doubts with actors playing certain roles before and I've been completely blown away. Heath Ledger is a prime oh, example. I, uh, oh, absolutely. James oh. McAvoy. I never, if you would have told me like before actually seeing the trailer for like first class that James McAvoy was going to be taking on the helm of Professor X, you know, after Patrick Stewart had killed the role, I would have been like, nah, son, no, no yeah. way. But he did great. So. I mean, while I don't see it, I would be open to the idea of it happening. So yeah, I feel like, I know he can do it. I just feel like the variation that that Umar is talking about is a is like a, a bit of a rewrite to the character. Yeah, and then mm. that, that makes me Umar Umar just stop just stop. No no no, 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 no. You you guys are basing this off the movies. Fine, yeah. whatever. Okay, yeah. I don't I don't read all the comics, Umar. Okay. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> I can't handle the truth. I don't know. I can't remember. The, I can't remember the sway line. Um, I can't remember the sway line, but I can't. I can't remember right now. Um, but um, but you know, I, I just you know, I, I I'm a backup. So let me let me let me tell you my uh, let oh, me tell you before I do. Let me finish my my last my second suggestion because if you're gonna throw something left field, let me just like throw my. What is your second suggestion? Yeah. Damn, you've done that forever. <laughs> <laughs> So my, if I'm going to throw him down a villain uh, typecast role, Mister Sinister. Yeah, I don't see that one either. <laughs> I get silence. <laughs> I don't know enough about the character to really judge, so I'm a back out. Okay. Yeah, I don't. Right. I don't either. I just. Yeah, I mean, All I'm right. sure great from a voice perspective. All right, let me just give you my uh, my two minute spiel. On a character that I would like to see him play, okay. uh, this is going to be a villain role, and okay. it's not going to be a Marvel role. Is the DC role? Lex Luthor. Ooh, okay, 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 yeah. okay. I can't say I completely came up with that. I was looking up him and and some other stuff and and villain ideas and stuff of like that, and then I came across it, and I was like, oh yeah, I really would like to see that, just because that gravitas that he has. And Lex Luthor would be intense. Is it similar to his character in um, in The Boys? Because I like I don't remember seeing him. Yeah, I feel, I feel like it, it it would be something like that. Now, obviously, he's an older character, and it depends on like this, this story and everything you depict and all that kind of stuff. But him, him against like even Henry Cavill, like that would just drive the acting way up in terms of like. Just the kind of story you would have to like have with that. Um, obviously, he'd be perfect. Like he just, it would just be, it would perfect. be a really good story because he would feel more human because of his age. 
right? Like you wouldn't be yeah. able to make him feel like all semi superhuman. You wouldn't want to even show him get into like the green mecha suit. You wouldn't want that story. You would want the like he's a human and he is just smart and he's on it and he also has the gravitas to be. You could do the Lex Luthor president like type like storyline or even going into like any political sphere because he he has the presence to be believed as a uh, as a politician as a high level CEO as a villain and all the complexities and you he could make Henry Cavill's character look like a whole lot of things at once and I think I it's can see him like, like just like in the the end of the first episode of the animated Superman animated movie I can see him like less angry as uh the Lex Luthor that was but like him just standing in his office Superman hovering over him and like, like a a god figure is standing before him looking at him angrily and I was like oh I will get you one day and he just like stares back at me like a complete old man but so with some with all the gravitas you're saying he could just look look back in the eyes of someone as powerful as superman and just be like you're out of your depth right now yeah yeah oh, yeah he would be perfect and if we had to if he had to go back into the MCU frankly he would be a fantastic green goblin for the same reason like oh, Norman, yeah. Norman Osborn. Yeah, yeah. I remember we, we were talking about that one. Norman Osborn would be that. That sorry, yeah. That that's the best. The the I think the best MCU. Because the thing is, yes, he is a little typecast of a villain, but it's because he's at the, he's at the level of of Thanos, right? Yeah. Like he can walk into it and just wipe people's like other villains off the floor because he has so much ability to do things that other people do can't do with villains um and that's why yeah like he, it's just it's, just, it's 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 a pleasure and an honor to have him play an amazing villain because what he'll bring to a character you'll just be like yeah oscars let's go so th- let's end off this discussion and ask the uh the audience in the comments section who would you want giancarlo esposito to play in the mcu uh, and let's, since Darcy came up with such a perfect casting for the DC, why not also throw in what you would want him to play in the DC universe if they ever get their, like, if Warner Brothers get off their ass and actually does some good stuff? Yeah. Cool. Dope. All righty, guys. Well, that concludes this episode of the Geeky Bros podcast. I'm your boy, Tactics. Yeah, it's your boy, Darcy. And this is Big Geek Umar. Live long and prosper, y'all. And we are. Out.